is this where I stop? And Sean and I all along the way have been like, it ain't over. Like we choose when it's over. We get to have the voice of when I stop. Sometimes it's scary, but if you don't get outside your comfort zone, you're never gonna make it. Welcome to episode 15 of the Unalike podcast. We are so glad that you are here. Welcome back. We are excited to catch up and to talk with you about what you have been doing. I want to introduce my co-host, Natalia Bonner, and catch up. Natalia, happy, happy uh, season two. How have you been doing? Happy 2021, Corshell. <laughs> I have been doing really, really good. It's been a while. We took a little break over the holidays. Life got busy for all of us here, but it's good to be back. I love the first of the year. I always feel like January, the first of the year's a fresh start. And I think everybody watching is going to be able to see that we have a fresh start here. We have new equipment. Our podcast is going to look even better and sound even better. And I think we're yeah. off to a really cool start for 2021. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. We've made several updates and upgrades to our equipment. We're excited to be able to uh, take this podcast to the next level. So definitely starting out strong. Um, I want to backtrack for a minute and talk a little bit about how 2020 ended. Of course, we've all had crazy thoughts about how 2020 was as a whole. Uh, You know, we did a really great episode. I believe it was episode 13. And we talked about some of the things we have to be grateful for. But then in that same episode, um, we talked about how some people have kind of struggled with the year. And as we did that recording, I thought a lot about how generally speaking, 2020 was really good to me. But then we Mm -hmm. finished recording and here among our crew, all of us here that work on the podcast, and there's a handful of us, uh, we left, we went away for the holidays. And between everyone involved in the show, we had a wedding, we had a funeral, we had a couple cases of coronavirus, and we had one car crash. So all within just those last like two weeks of 2020, pretty much all of us fell apart. And (laughs) So I feel like we needed 2021 to start. It was time. (laughs) Yes. Luckily, I can say the only one of those things I was involved with was the wedding and getting a tan. (laughs) But but I'm sorry for everybody else that the hard things that everybody else has gone through. I do think, though, that you should tell everybody about the car crash. (laughs) The car crash. Well, that one was me. So I, and I was one of those who was, um, affected with the coronavirus. I found out on December 23rd that I was positive, um, or no, let me backtrack. I showed my first symptoms and then because of the holiday, I didn't get my test until the 26th, but immediately began to take proper precautions to not be around family. So this ended up impacting my entire holiday. We called Dustin's kids who were supposed to be with us for the holiday. And we said, don't come over. So we had no kids, no family around. And um, we had a double date planned for the holiday. So we called them and said, we can't come over. And then I was supposed to go to the local theater and watch a play that one of my girlfriends was starring in. Uh, 
all of the girlfriends had tickets, so it was going to be a girls' night out, and I had to give up my theater ticket. So not only did all of those inconveniences happen, but then one night Dustin and I finally had just had enough and said, (laughs) we have got to get out because we were tired of sitting in the house by ourselves. So we got in the car, just went on a little drive around town, 25 miles an hour, not going Um, any faster. (laughs) No, it's true. Were you driving? I I know you're going to ask if it was faster, but no, we were going that slow because the roads were snowy and uh, we hit a curve in the road and the car kept going this way while the road turned and went that way. So we did go down off the road, um, just the roads were slick. And so that created quite a bit of damage. In fact, thousands of dollars of damage, but thank goodness for insurance, knock on wood, the car's getting fixed and we are both safe. Nobody was hurt. So it's fine. I talked with a girlfriend after I was recalling all of the things that had happened during the holiday. And I said, you know, gosh, had this all happened to somebody else, they might feel like their life just ended. Oh, this happened and this, and then the car, and we couldn't see our kids. Oh, my life's terrible. And I thought, number one, I've been through some really crappy times. And so I know better. I know that life goes on. Number two, I just kept thinking, but we're okay. Everyone's okay. Nobody got hurt. Nobody lost their lives. Nobody became deathly ill. Again, knock on wood from coronavirus. And those are all things I'm very grateful for. So I don't feel like I have room to complain. You do have a really good attitude about that. And when you were talking about that, it made me think back a couple years ago and the things that you went through at Christmas time and the first of the year. And I just have to say that I'm not really good all the time at expressing my real deep down feelings and things like that. But knowing what you did go through a couple of years ago, I'm sure even though you guys were sick and even though the car crash happened and things like that, what you're saying is so true that you at least have Dustin still with you and you both recovered and you're both still healthy. So at the end of the day, that's really what's important. Yep. So much to be grateful for. So tell me a little bit about your Christmas. You had your Christmas tree. We all loved on it. Got to see the pictures. How did the day itself turn out? It was a really low-key day. We just kind of hung out at home. We didn't do anything over the top. We had You talked about a wedding, so we have a younger brother that's younger, a lot younger. You were in college when he was born. I was 16. I I could be his mom. Yeah. Yeah. So the wedding, for everybody that doesn't know, we all traveled to this wedding. It was out of state and right before Christmas, like we came home just days before Christmas. So that was kind of like really our big event for Christmas time. So actual Christmas day, just being home after traveling like that was really awesome. And just to kind of have a quiet day with our kids and we just chilled. We didn't cook a fancy dinner. We We'd made Thanksgiving dinner and gone over the top for Thanksgiving. So I felt like, let's just enjoy it and just enjoy the simple things. And it was awesome. We all had a great, simple day. I love (laughs) that. Yeah, it was, I don't know. It's something I love just being at home. So we liked it. Well, I (laughs) want to tell you about something that I got for Christmas. I was out (laughs) doing neighbor gifts and... 
just knocking on doors. And I got to a neighbor just up the street from me. So her name is Leslie. And Leslie invited me in. I sat and visited with her and her husband for a few minutes and then, uh, it, you know, presented our gift to her. And she said, now, hold on for a minute. I have something for you. And this is because I know that you appreciate quilting. And of course, when she says that, <laughs> She's acknowledging that, well, really, your sister's the quilter. But no, she and I have had many conversations about you and about your business. And so she returned with this hot pad and wow. presented this to me. So she made this. And yeah. so you can see some of the stitching here and the design. And I know that you could use all of the proper terms that that I don't know, but <laughs> I think it's beautiful and could not believe that she shared that with me. Um, and, and then I ended up saying to her, oh my gosh. And it reminds me of Natalia's logo because your logo looks much like an orange that, um, that has been sliced open and it has the, the center parts of the orange. And mm -hmm. I, I, it's not the logo, but I think the colors and the fact that it's a circle have been making me think of you and being so grateful for my neighbor who also has that same love for quilting. So <laughs> that was something that I wanted to show you. I have to tell you, I actually really appreciate, even though you don't know a lot about quilting, I appreciate that you respected the gift because as a quilter, and I know all of our quilting friends that are listening will totally understand me. I won't ever sell my quilts, but I will gift them. And I love gifting quilts, but sometimes it's hard to gift quilts when you know how much work went into that quilt and sure. you know that not everybody understands how much work goes into making a quilt. So when you see that somebody that you gave a quilt to actually, you know, when I walk into a friend's home or someone that I've gifted one to and they actually are using the quilt, it's like the most warming feeling, like the... The satisfaction that comes from that is the coolest thing ever. So as a quilter for your neighbor, I think it's awesome. <laughs> well, she told me that, you know, it's a hot pad. So she was saying it's practical. You can go home. You can use it. And I, I have not used it because I think it's beautiful. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it. And I don't know if you can hear this. Mm-hmm. But it's, she put a liner in it so it won't burn me. Like it's a high quality hot pad and I don't, and she's like, but it's um, machine washable. You can put it in the washer. So she's telling me like, no, use it, use it. I'm use scared it. to use it because I think it's beautiful. I don't want use to ruin it. it. <laughs> no, <laughs> quilters want you to use it. It's, it's kind of like a way of, I don't know if respect's the right word, but like honoring as sure. a quilter, a maker, the art that we made, when somebody really uses it, that's what I'm like, you feel so much more appreciative, appreciated sure. because of it. So use it. Okay. All right. Done. I will be using that. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about your business. You've, you also had a busy holiday season with work. Uh, where are things at now and how are you feeling about it? Things are crazy. So this is my favorite subject all of our small business owners out there will know. I love business. Uh, 
my soul, I am the biggest nerd there could be out there. I'll tell you another little secret about me. I am really good at playing chess. So I love like the mind games, the strategy, the planning, all of that. I don't necessarily ever tell people this about me because it's kind of weird, maybe. <laughs> maybe it's normal. I don't know. But I love just like all of that, the backside of building a business. So I've worked at this little business for 13 years now. I've put my heart and soul and my life and everything, lots of blood, sweat, and tears into building this little business. And, you know, we've talked about how over last year we really worked. We worked really hard. And over the last few months, we've been working behind the scenes to improve even more. And we are getting really close to launching a new class board, a classroom dashboard kind of thing. And it's going to be so awesome. I was excited about what happened in my small business in 2020. But for 2021, I feel like I'm going to jump out of my skin because I'm so excited. <laughs> and I feel like moving into 2022, I have even more ideas. And all my quilty friends that are following this podcast or my quilting page, the best is yet to come. It's going to be so awesome. And I can't I can't wait to share everything. Yeah, I'm getting like sweaty. I'm so excited talking about. <laughs> well, it's fun to be a fly on the wall and to watch everything that happens around you. It's kind of like you just make magic happen everywhere you go. But really, um, as your big sister over the past 13 years, it has been so much fun to watch and to see what you've been able to do with what started out with a little... Um, gosh, I'm seven months pregnant and just had this crazy idea to go buy a crazy sewing machine that happens to be the cost of a new vehicle. Oh, and by yeah. the way, it's bigger than any bedroom in my house. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. But I it's think that really what fun. you understand is that not just anyone is built to be an entrepreneur. I, I think you would agree with that, that it takes someone special to be able to put up with the mental stress that goes into running a business. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I, everybody that's, you know, you see a business and you think, oh, it's all roses and sunshine. And they put on these cute pictures and everything's so cute. And they're probably making tons of money and sleeping in gold and their sheets are probably lined with gold. Let me tell you, their sheets are probably lined with tears. There's probably a lot of sweat in them. Their bedroom's probably their office for half of their life. You know, it's building a small business is so much different than you could even, anybody really could. I could never comprehend what it's like. And it's at the end of the day, though, the sheets that I've had to sleep in with holes in them or the tears that I've cried over all the years. When you get those moments of reward or those excitement, the new ideas, something I want to build this next or I want to create this next, it's like a rush. <laughs> I was <laughs> with some friends over the weekend that kind of have similar mindsets to me. And we were talking about it. And we're like, it's almost like a drug. Like when you start getting your adrenaline going about building this business, it's, it's like a high that you can't replace. So the lows and the hard times are worth the high when you get that high. <laughs> and no, I don't well, use really drugs, just work drugs. 
Well, I'm really excited to introduce our guest this week because this is the exact thing that we talked about. And I think that you're going to appreciate so many of the things that he and his wife had to say. But also, I think for everybody who's listening, who's ever run a business or who's thinking about starting a business, this is the interview that you want to listen to. So I'm so excited to introduce Sean and Cassie Baxter. I caught up with them the other day, and here's a look back at what they had to say. Well, we've got Sean and Cassie Baxter here. We are so excited to have you guys join us today. And I want to start by acknowledging that this is the first interview we've had here on the show that includes both a husband and wife. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Well, you guys have been entrepreneurs on 11, for 11 years now, going on 12. And mm. um, as owners of the Backspoke Company, you make, distribute, develop, um, sell products in the gift and apparel industry. And I know that over the past 11 years, you have sold and placed products in over 4,000 locations nationwide. You have been on or had your products on the Jay Leno show on Ellen, Steve Harvey. You've been on the Today Show and you have learned what it takes to find success, correct? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've definitely had success. We've had uh, some failed products. We've had uh, all of it. Yeah. So. Success is a relative word. But <laughs> <laughs> we, well, have, we have I, found our way through some things. <laughs> I, I, Sean, I want to start with you because you... I, I think you are the brains behind all of this. And Cassie is the wonderful partner at your side who's been your ride or die. She's been there through the ups and downs. But I want to go back to the very beginning for a minute and acknowledge that uh, as a little boy or someone going through high school, even college, we all kind of make a game plan. When I grow up, I want to be. And as your path carried you, you found yourself in college um, graduating with a degree in construction management, and you even opened your own company running a construction business. But as you got into that and did that day in, day out, you realized that your heart just wasn't in it. Yeah, it was, it was hard because I thought I, that's what I wanted to do. Um, worked really hard at it. We, we did well. Um, we had a lot going for us with it. And then, you know, 2008 hit and I realized, uh, I either have to fight through that if I really love what I did or find something new. And I decided it was you know, one to find something different. So making the decision to leave that business and head into the world of doing your own thing as an entrepreneur is definitely a decision that did not come overnight. What were some of the things that you thought about as you decided you really wanted to walk away from it all? Um, it, circumstances, it, probably was the biggest one, just sometimes being forced to make certain decisions or uh, needing to provide for your family makes you think differently than you would, you know, if things are going good. And so those circumstances led us to, led me to a lot of different things. Um, before we, we got on this path with our company um, that we have now, those circumstances led us to, you know, I did satellite installs. Um, I sold door to door. 
uh, trying to find something that I wanted to do that was different than construction because that's all I knew. And um, even picking rock on a field after, you know, shortly after my second uh, child was born, just to try and pay the bills. I mean, that felt like the lowest of the low um, doing that, but it also gave me a lot of time to think and it's, uh, I knew it was going to be very temporary. Um, and so then I, uh, we were actually living in Idaho at the time and, uh, with her parents because of all this. And so, and then I ended up moving back to Utah and by myself without both my kids, my wife, and just to try and find better work there. Uh, and, I found odd, odds and ends job, did fencing, did some more satellite installs. I mean, it was just, it was a roller coaster, not knowing what I wanted to do. And then we ended up living with my cousin in her basement. She needed her basement finished. So I finished her basement. As soon as that was done, I was able to bring my family uh, to a place to live. And, and during that time, my other cousin had developed a product called the pillow tie and that product, I thought it was so cool because he had done it as a BYU project and uh, in school and, but it was just sitting in their basement. I'm like, what is this? So I, I looked at, it, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I thought maybe I could sell these into retail stores and that's how it all started. That's where it all started. I hadn't seen him. He called me. He's like, there's an inflatable tie. I think I can sell. I'm like, that sounds awful. Like <laughs> plastic wrapped around someone's neck. I couldn't even envision it. That's not at all what it looked like, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Sean, you've told me that, uh, that during this time in your life, you, you kind of walked away from the job, but you walked away from the home that you had, that you and Cassie were living in, as you mentioned, already had a couple of kids. You did find yourself living in your in-laws basement and said that that was one of the lowest days of your life when you kind of realized this is the point I've reached. Uh, Cassie, I want to ask you when you realize that, this is reality and, and we're now living like this and my husband is heading out tomorrow and we don't know how we're going to make ends meet. And you look at him and you see that burden that he's carrying on his shoulders. How do you react? <laughs> That's very dependent on how I read him. It's dependent on how I feel about the situation and how optimistic I can be. But there's been in a couple of different ways that I've uh, supported Sean. There's been times when it, it's pure compassion, like, this sucks, but we got this, and you're not alone, and we'll do this. But then there's times where I'm like, buck up, pull up your big boy pants, and find a way. So it kind of depends yeah. on where, <laughs> where he's at and where I'm at. And... I think that's the thing is over the years, I found a better way to communicate and more accurate. I, I hit the mark more often now than I did back then um, for support and love. But it, it's one of those things. If, if one of us can see the path forward, we're okay. 
because there's going to be days where one of us can only see darkness and there's going to be days where we don't see an out. But as long as one of us has a little bit of light to look forward, we can find a way. And as long as that one person's willing to cling the light and let the other know, we still got this. Then we find a way forward. I know that Sean is the owner of the company and, and carries a lot of the work and the work burdens. But uh, Sean, you've told me that uh, behind every great man, there's an even better woman. So uh, you probably would not be where you are today had it not been for Cassie being there and being at your side. No, not at all. Uh, she's carried me through everything. Yeah. All the all the downs and even, and, and the good too. I mean, but yeah, she's definitely carried me through it all. Well, it sounds like she's a little bit of a whip cracker there, Cassie. It sounds like you don't give him much time to sit back and <laughs> feel sorry for him. <laughs> no, I like, I can be cool with the wallow for a day or so, but after that, I'm like, nope, wallow's over. We're done, We're done with the wallow. You, we've got to find a path forward. So we, we kind of make light of this, but in reality, I think that you guys understand firsthand the mental strength that is required to run a small business. And so I want to go a little deeper into that and talk about some of the experiences that you guys have had. And we've already mentioned the pillow ties, which were a huge success and, and sold really well for a while. But uh, there, there came a time then when the sales kind of just stopped. And Sean, I know you recognize that you couldn't sit on the same product forever, but what were some of those lessons you learned through the experience with the pillow tie? Well, the, one of the biggest ones is to not give up ever. Uh, and that's a testament to us being here right now because we have developed dozens of products over the, over the 11 years. Um, and there was a point too. So our, our next product was, uh, the flask tie. Uh, it was even more of a, su a success than the other. Um, and hence the name, it was just funny. We know, you know, we, uh, it's just, a it was a fun product that a lot of people loved. Yeah. Um, but getting that one off the ground was extremely difficult. Um, we were at a point, you know, we had found some funding and we got it developed, uh, in theory, we had it developed, but then we had the funding and the funding came a little bit late and then we had Christmas and we knew we had to hit those Christmas sales because if we didn't, I mean, that's the majority of our business is at Christmas time. And so if you don't hit that, uh, I mean, you, you can go under. And so it was October and I'm still sitting here trying to figure it all out. We got it all, all done and we had a contact um, with our factory and she helped us find, we use about five to six factories and we had to find all of that within a couple weeks. We got everything submitted, made, shipped in less than two months, which is really unheard of uh, to develop a product uh, that fast. It came, unfortunately, it came at the end of November. It's like honestly the worst time to <laughs> receive a product. Because I mean, Black Friday sales have already happened, right? Black yeah. Friday already came and gone. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, October is the more ideal time to have something to ship it all out. And I'm sitting here, you know, on just 
tens of thousands of dollars in product, not even know what to do with it. Um, and that's when I was panicking and I'm just sitting there and that's the time that she kind of reamed me. <laughs> uh, I told him, I said, I need to see fight. I'd rather you punch a hole in this wall than sit here and be in sorrow because this is when we fight. You don't give up now. Yeah. So yeah. I pretty much said, get up and fight. Yeah. And I so went I, to bed. <laughs> so you I acknowledge did. that one of those challenges there also was the funding. And with funding coming in late, then in turn product comes late and that becomes a setback. I know another setback that you have faced has been working with business partners. Yeah, that's not been easy. It's never easy. Even if you love them uh, as a partner, it's still not easy. You come from different worlds, different ideas, different everything. And, and especially in business, I mean, with business, nobody knows how to do this. Mm-hmm. You do not know how to do it until you do it. Um, it and so as you're coming into this and you're both learning, uh, just, you know, just like having a kid, you know, you have two people trying to raise this kid and you have sleepless nights and, and not knowing what to do with this and that and, and tensions can rise. Um, but, uh, you know, you get through it. Um, most of the time, sometimes you don't, you have to go different ways and, and it all depends on the situation, but yeah. So the economy can be a setback. Getting funding can be a setback. Definitely those that you work with. And of course, the challenge of finding stores to place product. Um, How about 2020? What has it been like for you to be a small business owner during a pandemic? Well, that is the hardest thing because we, you know, with some of the setbacks we've had with with partners and um, just slow sales, you know, you have a bell curve of product and that happens to almost every product. Um, and so we had our bell curve and then we were desperately trying to find that next product. And last year we found it with Strider, um, our current product. And with that, you know, we, we started out strong. Um, and well, when we launched it, we had, um, we had an idea to go out and go after co-branders. Um, so other products that were, our, other companies already had product on the market. We wanted to add to their product line um, with, our, with our gear, with our, mainly with our socks. Uh, we had good interest, but our, our minimums were way too high and they couldn't buy it. So we had to revamp that. We finally got our minimums down, but one of the things we did, we were working with somebody in the national parks and we had a picture cause we do full color pictures on our socks and our other products. And so we had this national park of um, the arches national park and it was really cool picture, really cool sock. And so we decided to develop, I think we had eight designs. We got them made, we bought a hundred each about 800. And I, I, I built, 26 displays they go on so then um, my partner and i that have now we have we got all those loaded them up in a truck and we took a 900 mile trip uh and we sold out of them that's crazy what launched us into the whole souvenir 
national park business with this product. And so, and then that last year we had gotten into over 300 locations. Um, and then, and so, and it's interesting because now with this product, with national parks, our seasons totally flipped. Now they're, now our summertime, the spring, summer, and fall are our big, busiest season. And winter, the Christmas is actually not as busy for us because they shut down. And so we had that to deal with and, and to figure out. Uh, but then coming into our second year with this product, we were, we were set to have some record numbers. And then February hit and we had, um, we were doing well. And all of a sudden, February 16th. March. Or yeah, no. March yeah. hit. We were, March 16th. We yeah. Sending out all sorts of product. We're like, this is good. This is yeah. good. Like we're on the rise and everything's going great. And we had about 30,000 plus dollars in orders. And all of a sudden, every single one of them canceled. And, and we the whole like, point here being that your, your product today is based off of those who visit national parks and maybe you're selling outside of the park, you're at a souvenir shop down the road, but with a pandemic hitting and travel coming to a stop, your product is essentially frozen. Right. Mm -hmm. What so, happened in July? So that's when everything started opening up, Yeah. but as Those we, couple months were rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, really rough. But guess yeah. what? God's in the details. Silver linings everywhere. So yep. then enter July. And then in July, everything started opening back up and people were restless. Everyone wanted out. They weren't traveling overseas. You know, we didn't have any foreigners coming from, from overseas to a lot of national parks. You get a lot of foreigners. Um, they're a huge part of, of the business in the industry and that was all stopped. So even coming into July, we're thinking, well, great, this is no foreign travel. So it's, we're still going to be suffering. And then all of a sudden we started getting orders just little by little orders started coming. And we were treading pretty lightly because we were really conscious of how hard they were hit. Yeah. We know that they had to close their doors, which was hurting them and we didn't ever want them to feel pressure like we didn't want to hurt them in any way or form all of our customers who are really struggling to get through this time too so we were very aware of where they might be at so we were we treaded pretty lightly yeah but then in i just had this gut feel like we needed to get back on the road uh so over our anniversary in july we actually, Happy anniversary. <laughs> we made it up to Yellowstone. We have strong customers in Yellowstone. And the floodgates just opened. Wow. Yeah. It so it started with a pair of socks and putting a picture yeah. of the delicate arch from Arches National Park on this pair of socks. With the success that you have seen since that trip to Yellowstone, I know you've had to expand your line. You're now selling hats and we see you wearing one there today. Yeah. You've got t-shirts, hoodies, beanies, and with this much product and a huge travel season expected next year with visitors heading back to the parks, I know that you're prepping for a record-breaking year. Yeah, it's, we're pretty excited. Um, I think one big yeah. thing about running a company, owning a company, is just continuing to reinvent 
okay, what's not working? What is working? And so as even though we had some customers open up, we had a lot who didn't. So we had to add more product lines to be able to even get their, our ticket prices high enough that we could see any kind of movement where we were needing to head. So I think we reinvented and we're like, okay, what product lines can we add that's feasible, yeah. that makes it work because we're working with so many less customers. There's so many people that still haven't opened up. There's customers that have gone out of business. And, and so you, to grow a business, I mean, there's several ways to grow and, you know, adding more customers is one way, but like she mentioned, adding new product to your lineup that, that can help you grow just as much as anything. Um, and in our case, it's what made us grow. We were able to, to hit the same numbers we did last year on 25% of our customers. And so just by that, those new lines of product. And, and, and just to elaborate on that, because you, you mentioned you had 300 stores who agreed to sell your product, but that's because you had relationships with them and coming into 2020, they agreed to keep the relationship but certainly no one else out there who's brave enough to start a new relationship. And, and so that's, that's kind of what you're saying. Exactly. I've already got my 300. I know that number's not changing, but I can control what else I give them. Exactly. Yeah. And so we had to find ways to make more revenue and it, it, it's never easy. It's, it, you always have to think outside the box in, in everything that you do. And there are, are a lot of boxes to look at. I mean, they're really good. You've got to be willing to do it. And some sure. of it's hard. Uh, and some of it feels paralyzing um, where you just, you don't know how to do it. And, and some of it's scary. You know, you, you're calling up people you normally wouldn't be calling and you're, you're asking them to do something with, you know, buy this product or do this with our product with influencers or whatever. Sometimes it's scary, but if you don't get outside your comfort zone, you're never going to make it. Cassie, I know you've said that uh, when we think back on all of the ups and downs that we've been through over the past 11 years, the roller coasters, the struggles, you had a really neat perspective on uh, how you refer to each of those low points. And I was wondering if you would elaborate on that. Sure. Um, well, we discussed is it called a failure? Is it called, uh, what is it called when things suddenly don't go your way? When the company looks like there's no hope or you've lost a product and it's just, it's a possible ending. It's a possible ending that you get to choose at that point. Is this where I stop? And Sean and I all along the way have been like, it ain't over. Like we choose when it's over. We get to have the voice of when I stop. And it ain't over. And so we've kind of just, there's been a number of times where we're like, is this where we're done? This doesn't seem to make sense to move forward. Like everything seems to be working against a forward motion at this point from when we lost access to all products that we're selling and we were left with a product that was basically dead or we've launched products that have completely been toast. We get to look at each other and say, is this the end? And it's no. It ain't over because we said it ain't over and we get to choose every time. 
I think that's a beautiful perspective. We're, we're each the makers of our own destiny. And, and you've proven that over and over again, as you've seen your, your products come and go. And, and as Sean alluded, uh, mentioned, sometimes thinking outside of the box, it's time to um, focus on a new one. But, but you're, what you're recognizing is that, um, is the story over? No, because we're not going to let it end here. Yeah. Well, Sean and Cassie, it's been fun to catch up with you. And we're so glad that you were willing to take a few minutes to stop by and share some of the lessons that you have learned. Uh, Sean, before we go, I want to ask you if you could share one piece of advice with any other young, young entrepreneur out there starting out in the business uh, and, and, and you're limited to one. So what's your very best piece of advice that you would share with someone who's just getting into the business? I would, uh, I'd have to say, be prepared to work like no other, like you've never worked before. Cassie, does he ever rest? <laughs> I actually believe that you have to have some balance of downtime if you're going to be human. So <laughs> I, I encourage time to rest, but his brain never stops, ever. Never sleeps. It's always going. Even when he's laying down, he's working in his brain. Even if his hands are doing nothing, he's still working. He works in his sleep. Like, he's still pl making a plan moving forward. Yeah. Spoken like a, a, a true wife of a businessman. So <laughs> I understand that you have a gift for everyone watching and listening today. And I uh, wondered if you would tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, yeah, so we're uh, on our website. We have our website and an Etsy shop uh, with our products. Um, and so you can go there. We're going to give 30% discount uh, with the coupon code unalike. So yeah, we want to give that to, to all the listeners. That is so awesome. Yay. Thank you so much for, so tell us what both websites are. Uh, Stridergear.com. Uh, and then with Etsy, uh, you can look up Strider Gear um, on Etsy and we'll, I guess, we'll give you the links that you can share that as well. Yeah, we'll put so. all of that information on our website. So for everyone who is listening and everyone who is watching, we've got hats, we've got beanies, we have uh, t-shirts, we have hoodies, we have socks, and these can be customized. You can choose which national park you want to feature, but you've got to go over to the website where you can see all of the options. So this is the perfect gift for anyone in your family or your list of friends who loves to get outdoors. And one thing I love about that hat that Sean's wearing right now is that it is not park specific. And so you, you can go the route of featuring your very favorite park, or you can go the route of just featuring the great outdoors. And we all love to be outdoors. So you know you're going to find something over on the website. There is something for everyone. A huge thanks to Sean and Cassie for that great discount. Again, that's coupon code unalike. Thank you guys for being here. We have had so much fun catching up. It's good to see you and we wish you the very best. Thank, Thank you. you. Chriselle, I have to tell you, I loved that interview. There were so many things about it that to me were so relatable, not just the ups and downs of the business, but I love their partnership and how they play off of each other, how they help each other when there's a bad day. I can't tell you how relatable that is. Being a small business owner that works full-time with my spouse, there are definitely days when I'm down and I need him to lift me up. And there's days when he's down 
and I need to be the one to lift him up. So to see that in other people is so inspiring to me. Yeah, they were a lot of fun to visit with, weren't they? Yes, I love it. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of the Unalike podcast. We're off and rolling with 2021 to each of you who did not have a good start to the year. We wish you the very best and hope things that we hope that things turn around very quickly. And to each of you who have started off the year on a high note, we hope that the blessings just keep coming your way. That's all for this time. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Unalike podcast. See you later.